Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode Brett Bodine, Joe Rutman, Curtis Turner, Bobby Isaac, Junior Johnson, Ricky Rudd, Jamie McMurray, Travis Braden at the local level of the Loose Lugs podcast. Of course, we're talking about number 26 here, Mark. I know you have a few as well. Hi, buddy. How you, how you been? Been a little bit here. Uh, yeah, 26. Hey, how about our good old boy from Georgia, Bubba Pollard? We sure like uh, seeing him when he comes on up to this way. And uh, and they got uh, Slinger champion uh, Chris Blowett, and he runs out there. Hey, Dave Meyerhofer is a local. He uh, he tears up the quarter mile, too. So, yeah, 26, pretty popular number there, buddy. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean – I was going through this list here and it was just amazing the people that were on this list and um, man, it's, it's been a pretty popular number. I had to think about it a little bit before I did some research also and I looked it up and the one guy I remember is Joe Rutman. That was in the nineties, um, I believe uh, Brett Bodine. I remember Jamie McMurray, of course, but um, man, this number has a lot of history behind it in a, in a boatload of great drivers. What about Steve Kinzer? You know, he bought that Quaker State car back in the day and tried to make a go of it, and then he uh, uh, he went back to his dirt ways. The king went back to the dirt, but, uh, yeah, he even dabbled a little bit in, in the Cup Series in the 26 car, Quaker State. Yeah, and also an owner of that Quaker State team was uh, Bernstein uh, from the Dregs. He owned that for a while, and Larry McReynolds crew chiefed that car for a while. And they just had him on the Dale Jr. download a few weeks ago. And, man, there was some history coming out of Larry Mack. I don't even think they got a quarter of the way through his whole career. That guy and the history behind him is unbelievable. Yeah, boy, you're digging up a lot of memories there, buddy, with that old 26 team. And Kenny Bernstein, yeah, he was the Budweiser dragster. And, he gave it, yeah, he, he dabbled in NASCAR a little bit and – uh and then uh, sort of faded away after a while. But, yeah, he tried. He tried a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into it here. Like you said, it's been a few weeks. We apologize. We had some family stuff going on, health issues, if you're listening to our local podcast from a few weeks ago. And finally, we're able to catch up here. So I appreciate everyone being patient here and appreciate you listening in as always. Uh, so we're going all the way back to Darlington, Mark. Uh, it was the first playoff race for the Cup Series, but we'll start with the trucks. Trucks at Darlington. Brett Moffitt wins stage one. Creed wins stage two. And Ben Rhodes wins the race in overtime. And how about Derek Krause? Slips out of turn two, but he finishes second. It was within his grasp. Oh, I thought he was going to win that race, man. And he took that angle coming out of two and on the apron like that. And you gotta be um, you gotta be straight when you hit that apron to come off of there. And if you hit that at a wrong angle, it uh, yeah it'll mess you up. And that's that's such a tight corner in that wall is there. And and Ben Rose just jumped right on top of that and he beat him back to the line. But uh, wow, thought Derry Cross was going to win that race, man. And how about the other drivers in this race? You had Greg Biffle, you had David Reagan. A throwback to some Roush drivers there. Yeah, David Reagan has a race in a while, and and the Biff, you know, uh, he uh, pretty much sat in the middle of the pack most of the day, but uh, 
Heck, he finished all of 152 laps. So, um, yeah, I give it to him. He uh, got back in, and I'm sure we're going to see more of him down the road. Yeah, and the big incident from this race, uh, Zane Smith had damage. Crafton and Reagan had damage from the last caution with Josh Rayom, so a few trucks had damage there, and that kind of recaps the day at Darlington. It was it was really cool to see the paint schemes all weekend, and the trucks had some too. Uh, speaking of Derek Krause, he was throwing it back to uh, – um, Ron Hornaday's uh, championship truck, the 16 Napa car. So that was really cool. There was a, there was a few other trucks with it too, but what an awesome thing to see those trucks wheel around Darlington. You know, Darlington is my favorite, you know that. And uh, it's on my bucket list, man. I've got to go there one day, one day they're going to go there. And uh, I want to check out that place. Absolutely. Let's make a, make a week of it or something, maybe hit up Myrtle beach in South Carolina, maybe go up to Charlotte while we're down there. Yep. I'm with you. Let's do it. All right. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> so then we go on to Richmond with the uh, Gander RV and outdoors truck series. Zane Smith wins stage one, Ben Rhodes wins stage two and Grant Engfinger wins the race. Engfinger actually had a pit after he had contact with his teammate, Ben Rhodes and he was able to get back to the front. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was gone for about 10-day hiatus, a uh, big camping trip up in northern Wisconsin. I come back to watch the race, and my cable box went out, and I I did not get to see any, um, any races from Richmond. I did catch a little bit of the truck race. Yeah, I remember Enfinger, he, uh, he got a tire rub. And he had to come in and uh, was a lap down, and by gum, he came back, got his lap back, and he was the dominant truck there. And, uh, yeah, he won that race. Good deal. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, that was the end of the regular season for the truck series. Johnny Sauter had another rough night. Unfortunately, I was thinking he would get in at some point with them going to Dover late in the season. Uh, maybe Darlington, he's seen that place. Uh, Richmond, too, but. Richmond, he had uh, another mechanical issue or something going on where the car just did not feel right. You know, you got to feel for Johnny Sauter, boy. Everybody thinks that he's going to pull one off, you know, and and it's just 2020, you know. He can, uh, um, can't, can't finish this season fast enough to, uh, to make a go of it next year. Yep. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. Uh, so the playoff drivers were Sheldon Creed, Brett Moffitt, Zane Smith, Grant Enfinger, Tyler Ankrum, Matt Crafton, Austin Hill, Christian Eckes, Ben Rhodes, and Todd Gilliland. Austin Hill was the regular series champion. Derek Krause was the first driver out. It was so, oh, so close. They just missed it at Richmond. What a bummer. You know, he was in a fight all year. Hey, being a rookie with no practice and everything, what a year. And he's got lots to build on. I'm sure he'll be in that truck next year and he'll be battling it. Yeah, we sure hope so too. You know, that's one of the most impressive things I've seen all season long is Derek Krause, no practice, no experience on a lot of these tracks, but he goes out and he's running inside the top 10 a lot of times. Very impressive. Yeah, it sure is. And yeah, Wisconsin boy, and we're we're behind him 100%. We like to see him do well. Absolutely. Well, let's go on to Bristol. It was the first playoff race for the Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series. Brett Moffitt wins stage one. Tyler Ankrum wins stage two. And how about this? Franklin, Wisconsin, Sam Mayer wins the race. 
he becomes the second youngest to win in the truck series. Just an awesome thing to see. That was awesome. Did you see him when he was driving off the corners, how that truck just just turned? I mean, he turned it, and that truck was just super hooked up, you know? And uh, if it wasn't good enough, he went to the ARCA race later that night, and he won that race too. So he gets, sure knows how to get around Bristol. And coming into that weekend, he said Bristol is one of his best tracks, has won there in the past in the ARCA series. And, man, <laughs> what a weekend for that 17-year-old. And, you know, there was some news about him, too, that he was uh, he's signing up with Junior Motorsports as soon as he turns 18. He's going to be in the Xfinity Series for them. So, uh, you know, that just cements his his status here, and he showed it at Bristol, man. He did have a few lap fresher tires, but that he was driving that truck great all night long. Yeah, it didn't matter. You could That was something where you saw him come off the corner. The drive off on that truck was unbeatable, unbelievable. That truck was hooked up, man. Oh, yeah. Um, Austin Hill, one of the playoff drivers, he had a bad night at Bristol. Um, so that was a, not a way he wanted to start out the the playoffs there, but uh, he regrouped at Las Vegas. And speaking of Las Vegas, let's go into it, the second race for the Truck Series playoffs. Sheldon Creed wins stages one and two, but Austin Hill wins the race. He got by Creed late. Um, and you know, the first thing he said coming over the radio or one of the first things he said was, I told you guys after Bristol, all excited. So he, uh, he knew that he was going to run good at Vegas and he sure did. Yes, he did. He sure did. Sheldon Creed, you know, he won those two first series, but then all of a sudden Austin Hill got that lead at, had that clean air and on he went and, uh, yeah, he was unbeatable there on that one also. Yeah, and Ben Rhodes had mechanical issues all night. He ended up hitting the inside wall later on in the race when he tried to go around Gilliland and was three-wide with him and Stuart Friesen. So he had a frustrating night, and Derek Krause had quite the save as well. Yeah, hey, that Las Vegas, that's a cool place. I'm, I'm glad they go there two times a year. That That's really a neat racetrack out there. They put out a good show out there. And speaking of bucket list, that would be another one that I would like to go to. I like to go to all of them, but there's a few at the top of the list. Yeah, you know, they run in early March. What a way that you could probably get away for a little bit, you know, and, and get away from uh, winter here. And, uh, yeah, let's put that on our bucket list too there, buddy. Let's go there. <laughs> Glad to do it. Um, the other cool thing at Las Vegas was Connor Daly and Travis Pastrana teamed up with Nice Motorsports to have some fun. They run an iRacing league. Um, last chance qualifier or something they call it. I can't remember the exact name, but they teamed up. And Connor Daly um, and Travis Pastrana had had okay nights there, but uh, pretty cool to see them, you know, in, in the truck. And also, it makes people watch more. So that was cool to see two big names hop in a truck. Yeah, Travis Pastrana. Yeah, he was in the forty-five truck. Um, so yeah, they took over Ty's ride there and trying to make a goal of it. And, uh, yeah, Nice has uh, got all kinds of different people that has been uh, selected to race in there. Um, you know, uh, Natalie Decker, she didn't get a chance to race. Uh, she was on the grid, ready to go. And um, uh, I guess medically she couldn't, she couldn't make a go of it, and they gave her last place, and that had to be frustrating as hell. Yeah, and you just touched on it, too. Ty Majeski was not in the 45 truck. Since Darlington, unfortunately, we're hoping um, that he gets back in a in a good ride there, maybe back in the 45 and 
has the capability to show what kind of talent he has because he's one of a kind in, in our opinion. Well, if nothing else, he can always come back home and stomp around here. I mean, he's got this place around here figured it out. And, you know, all you got to do is just keep winning, you know, and uh, and people will take notice. So uh, uh, it's not over with Ty. He'll, he'll be back out there again. Uh, people know who he is. Yep, yep, absolutely. So let's go into the points uh, as they stand going into Talladega this weekend for the trucks. Uh, Sheldon Creed is your – uh, current leader, Brett Moffitt, second, Zane Smith, third, Grant Engfinger, fourth, Tyler Ankrum, fifth, Matt Crafton, sixth, Austin Hill, seventh, and Christian Eckes, eighth. Although you have, um, and then Ben Rhodes, ninth, and Todd Gillen, tenth. Although you have to remember that Austin Hill advanced automatically to the round of eight with his win at Las Vegas. Yeah, but hey, here comes Talladega. That's just like a putting ping pong balls in a, in a uh, lottery tumbler. And uh, <laughs> well, let's see where everybody stands after Talladega. It's just, it's going to get crazy this weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll get into that with the cup series a little later. I have some thoughts about it, uh, but let's transition into the Xfinity series here. Let's go all the way back to Darlington. Denny Hamlin was in this race. He wins stage one. And then in the second stage, uh, Anthony Alfredo, or actually in, in early in the race here, Alfredo gets loose, gets into Hemrick, who slams the wall. Ryan Sieg was involved in that one. Um, big incident there. Yeah, it was one of those another ones where he said he bottomed out really hard, came across the um, came across in Hemrick once again. Um, <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, and and that was really early in the race. You know, that was like lap two or three and that was the end of that so yeah Hemrick only got two laps in so yeah that was so early for that to happen bummer for him yeah it's just the story for his season too you know he has good equipment underneath him but something out of his control usually happens and it's been unbelievable yeah it sure has been so Hamlin ends up winning stage two as well um, there was a bunch of fluid on the track at one point, and leader Chase Briscoe spins in it. Uh, Anthony Alfredo also spun and hit the wall. Chastain ended up holding off Hamlin for a little while at the end there, but Hamlin slides slides him into three but hits the wall. Chastain has nowhere to go. He gets into Hamlin, almost spins, ends up saving it. Brandon Jones goes by and wins. That was coming to the white. He goes by and wins. What a finish. Yep, yep. Darlington put out another good one on there. Hey, when that track got all soaked down, you didn't see it until all of a sudden they had the in-car camera, and there was water fluid going everywhere. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Chase Briscoe ran into that, and he uh, he didn't hit nothing, but uh, it, it ruined his race. But, um, yeah, that was a real classic good race there, um, um, especially between uh, Hamlin and Chastain there. And uh, Brandon Jones, he pounced, you know, it didn't look like at lap three, he was going to three to go. He was going to win that race. And by gummy, he uh, went right, right through there and took the, took the finish there. So that, that was a good race. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of that one. Yeah. And that was Brett Moffitt's O2 machine that put the fluid down. You saw it from the in car, as you just said, it was, there was a bunch of fluid and they hit it. And unfortunately for Briscoe, he spun. Luckily he didn't hit anything. But Alfredo did get some damage out of that. And then you're talking about Chastain, who's finished second quite a few times this year, just can't get that elusive win. 
looks like he's maybe going to get it. Hamlin gets by him by sliding and they get in the wall. Unfortunate to him, but Brandon Jones was coming there as well. And I think if that race was extended a little longer than it was going to be, Jones was going to be a factor regardless. Yeah, he was he was just waiting to pounce, and as you as you watch, he was there, and he was at the right place at the right time. So Darlington, good race, man. That was good stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, so let's go into Xfinity at Richmond, the first race there for the Xfinity Series. They did a double header that weekend. Austin Sindrick wins Stage One. Justin Allgaier wins Stage Two, and he also wins the race. Uh, they had to rewrap the car. And do it all over again tomorrow. Haley was coming in second and was oh so close. Yeah, Justin Allgaier, how many times has he won in a row there? And, uh, hey, he even beat Kyle Busch. Even Kyle Busch was in that race and uh, Justin Allgaier beat him. So that just to say that right there, if you can beat Kyle Busch, that's a, a big accomplishment right there. No, no doubt about it. I mean, you beat one of the best in the business. That's saying something. Yeah, it sure is. So then they do it all over again the next day. Xfinity at Richmond race number two. Justin Allgaier wins stage one. Ross Chastain wins stage two. And then in stage two, Brandon Brown and Riley Herbst made some contact. Herbst goes hard into the wall. Um, that was a big hit. I, uh, that was one of those uh, that uh, my recorder did not, uh, did not work. So I did not get to witness that one. But I saw that Justin Allgaier wins again at Richmond. I mean, he's got that place figured out. Holy smoke. Yeah, Justin Allgaier goes on and sweeps at second. How about Jeb Burton finishing second? Wow, in the eight car. Yeah, yeah. He had a good run for him. That uh, that eight car has had so much bad luck all year. So, yeah, good deal. They got a second place out of that. And Justin Allgaier about tripled his points going into the playoffs. So Austin, he was sitting there with no wins, sitting at eighth or ninth. He ends up winning a few races now, and he's up in the top five with, with three wins, I think it is now. And what a great weekend. Yeah, you get five points for a win. So the ka-ching, ka-ching, you got 10. And then win a stage, there's another one. So, yeah, holy smokes, taking the points, man, and adding them all up. So going to need them down the road, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You always do. It gets close. Well, then they have to go to Bristol. So it's the Xfinity Series at Bristol. There was a big wreck in this race when Jeffrey Earnhardt and BJ McLeod made contact. McLeod slams the wall, just a very bad angle. And then he shoots back across the track and collects his own driver, Vinnie Miller. You know, yeah, I held your breath on that one to make sure that he was all right, because that was a grinder there. And, uh, yeah, he walked away from that, but that was a, you know, in a little Bristol, you don't think that, you know, that they uh, have uh, serious wrecks there, but, man, things happen so fast, and I'll tell you what, it can go wrong so quickly, and, uh, yeah, you can hit hard there at, uh, at Bristol. Yeah, you know, thinking about a few wrecks that they had there, Michael Waltrip comes to mind when he hit the gate there. That was years ago, but that car disintegrated, and you thought for sure he was killed in that. Luckily, he wasn't. Uh, you think about Mike Harmon Jr. He hit coming out of the corner two, and his car splits in half, and Johnny Sauter was driving the Richard Childress Racing number two AC Delco car. He turned the car at the last second, otherwise he would have hit Mike Harmon just sitting in the cockpit there. 
very, very and scary. Then, so when you talk about big I, rap, that's no joke. Yeah, and I remember Mike just standing up afterwards, just I'll take the belt off and just stand up inside that whole car. That was during um that was during practice at Bristol. So yeah, there's uh crazy stuff. I seen Rusty Wallace roll it down the front stretch when he had a blowout, he had to turn four and he turned it over there. So you can really hit hard at Bristol. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Well, Justin Allgaier goes on and wins stage one. Uh, Brandon Jones and Joe Graff Jr. make contact. Graff goes up the track and hits Michael Annette, and Michael slams the wall. Graff spun in that one. So that was the uh, incident in stage two. Justin Allgaier goes on and wins that stage. And then Chase Briscoe wins the race after a great battle with Austin Sindrick and Ross Chastain. For a while, it was looking like Chastain was going to be the guy again. Then Sindrick got by him, but then Sindrick lost power steering, and that was the end of it for him. Briscoe gets by him both, and there he goes. Yeah, he's still finished without power steering. Boy, Ross was just, you know, second place definitely isn't good enough for him. He was totally dejected by that. But uh, Chase Briscoe, six to go. He uh, he caught him, and he was the man of the hour. And, well, good thing he's driving a Ford, so that's why, uh, why he dominated that race there, buddy. <laughs> better enjoy well, these Fords because I understand Ford's getting out of Xfinity I heard a big rumor that says Ford's not going to be around next year in the Xfinity well that would be a big rumor there I hope that's not true um, we need all the manufacturers to get into NASCAR as, as Ken because um, it's just better but uh, how about you know you speak of Chase Briscoe him and Chastain made contact running for second Pretty big contact, and that ended up being the race for the win right there. Yes, it was. Yep, they, those two have been uh, together all along this year, and those two are the ones that are definitely going to be battling at the end here to, to win the championship. Yeah, so that was actually the last race before the playoffs for the Xfinity Series. Chase Briscoe, Austin Sindrick. Noah Gregson, Justin Elgire, Justin Haley, Brandon Jones, Ryan Sieg, Harrison Burton, Ross Chastain, Michael Annette, Riley Herbst, and Brandon Brown make the playoffs. Austin Sendrick was the regular season champion. Yeah, Austin Sendrick, we've seen we've seen him live what he did at Road America. So, but uh, yeah, them two fours are going to fight this out to the very end for sure. Yeah, and I think you have some other guys that are right there as well. You know, you talk about Justin Elgire. He's kind of coming in hot. The um, colleague racing guys, Haley and Chastain are right there. It, Gregson. It's interesting. Gregson, he's had a few wins earlier in the season. Harrison Burton won a few earlier. So you never know what can happen. So where are we going next with the, the, with them guys? Back to Talladega, so – it's gonna it's gonna mix everything all up this weekend racing. I'm really pumped about Talladega this weekend. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, some uh, good racing down there this weekend. I'm pumped for it, man. Well, and before we get into Talladega, they did race at Las Vegas. Um, Chase Briscoe dominated there. He won all stages and the race. So the two stages in the race. Um, just just unbelievable domination for him out of there. So let's get into the point standings here. Before they go to Talladega, Chase Briscoe is your leader. Austin Sindrick second. Noah Gregson third. Justin Algaier fourth. 
Justin Haley, fifth, Brandon Jones, sixth, Ryan Sieg, seventh, Harrison Burton, eighth, Ross Chastain, ninth, Michael Annette, 10th, Riley Herbst, 11th, and Brandon Brown, 12th. And uh, the first two are first, eh, first two are close. Briscoe's leading by 17, Noah's back 34, Allgaier's back 42, and then fifth on back are 56 plus out. Yeah, did you see the interview with Brandon Brown and how happy he is? You know, the little team that can make it, you know, and he made it in there and it's going to be a tough challenge for him to, to keep going, but but he made it, you know, just the little the little team that could, and that's pretty that's pretty cool. And it's uh, you know, as much as Ross Chastain has run good this year and he's ninth in points, I, it's just like wow, really? You, you think that he run much better than that? But uh, um, you know what? I probably would predict that he's probably going to do well at Talladega. If I had to pick one, I probably would be on him. Well, that's a place you mentioned it earlier that anything can happen. Um, holy smokes. <laughs> it's nice to be safe going into that race. I'll say that. You know, but, uh, you know, Greg said anybody could win that race. You know, it's a, it's a crapshoot. So we'll see. It's uh, definitely going to be worth watching. I'll, I'll have a front row seat watching Talladega this weekend. So, yeah, we'll see what happens next week then. Yes, sir. Well, let's get mm-hmm. into the Cup Series then. We're going all the way back to Darlington once more. Um, it was the first race of the playoffs for the Cup Series. Uh, Brad Kozlowski made some contact with Eric Almirola and eventually cut down the tire, and he hit the wall. That looked a lot of worse than it ended up being. They said, well, the steering, steering straight and all that. I thought he pancaked that pretty good. Yeah, that was the, that was the key when he said, yeah, he said the steering's still straight. And then that tire started unraveling and it gave a nice character about that tire just sweeping across his door. It looked pretty cool. But, uh, you know, he uh, he kept her going and just missed the top ten, you know. So uh, not bad um, for as hard as he hit that wall there. Yeah, and then Bubba Wallace spun and it almost seemed like it went out of gear. It was really strange. All of a sudden it just went around and kind of revved up a little bit. It, I don't know what actually happened there, but even the uh, – commentators were saying it almost sounded like that um john hunter nemechek also hit the wall very hard so a few guys having some issues there yeah bubba wallace got knocked out with a transmission so yeah i think the transmission had kicked it out of gear and it must have locked up or whatever and spun him around so uh, yeah and john hunter nemechek wow he built it all i heard the announcer say he's gonna hit the wall and then wow <laughs> yes he did hit the wall he hit it a ton that's one hell of a Darlington stripe he had there, right there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little more than a than a stripe there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, Martin Truex? He wins stage stages one and two, but then going for the lead, he tried to clear himself. He tried to slider and got up into Chase Elliott, and they both hit the wall hard. Truex had a pit, Chase didn't, but they were both hurt pretty bad. Both finished outside the top twenty. Yeah, yep, he cut a tire down and that that ended it. And oh, how many times have you seen Chase Elliott get, get taken out like something like that? And uh, yeah, Truex thought he was clear. And uh, yeah, that ruined both of their races. That would have been a good one to the very end. Uh, I think Truex probably would have got him back at the line, but uh, that that incident destroyed both of their races right there. 
Yeah, and how about another incident with a Joe Gibbs racing guy at Darnton for Chase? You remember earlier in the year, Chase Elliott was going to win the race. He cleared Kyle Busch. Kyle hooks him on the front stretch. He was on the fresher tires, and this time it's Truex that just cleared himself there. You know, Truex doesn't race that way, so I think Chase understood it a little more, but He's got to be frustrated with that happening twice there with Joe Gibbs Racing, guys. You, know, you, you can look at fatigue or something like that. After you've been in that car and you're racing that hard for over three hours, you got to think about fatigue that actually kicks in like that. And, uh, hey, you're racing on, man. I mean, it's on. You're, you're not going to uh, give much right there. And he just timed it just wrong and wrong angle. And But, uh, yeah, that's Darlington. It'll the lady in black will come out and get you, you know, every once in a while. So <laughs> that's that's all part of the game there, man. Yeah, and Truex said after the race that he thought Chase was going to kind of just let him squeak in there. Didn't happen, unfortunate for those two. But how about Kevin Harvick? He goes on and wins the race after this all happens. And Austin Dillon in second, he was right there with them. He came on that high side, and I thought he was going to get him there for a second. Man, that's the best run for Dillon. You know, they got their act together just at the right time there. And, uh, yeah, very good, awesome second-place finish for him. Yep, yep. Well, then they go on to Richmond. Denny Hamlin wins stage one. And then Brad and Joey have an incident there. Do you think they made contact, Mark? That's another one where my video was out, dude. I didn't get to see the race. And so, uh, you know, I know that there was only three cautions, and that was the competition and the two stages. So I understand it was actually a, uh, a very vanilla race. So tell us about that incident there, buddy. Yeah, so it was in turn one and two, and Brad slipped up a little bit, and it was hard to tell if he got into Joey or not. Based on how Joey's car reacted, I would assume there was contact, but it was very, very close, very minimal if need be. TJ Majors came on the radio and said, well, I guess we should have hit him at a different track when we had the chance, I guess. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, now you're talking about your teammate like that. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, that's that's the frustration in the moment, right? TJ is one of the best guys, mm -hmm. best botters out there. Uh, Joey and Brad, they race hard but usually clean as teammates. Um, so that's just the frustration. I, I think they did make some contact there. It was pretty close. But Brad Kozlowski – he goes on and wins stage two and the race. Um, what an awesome job by him and that team. Yeah, Brad Keselowski. He's going to – I I think he might be in the final four here. We'll see where uh, that lands. But uh, it seems like he's peaking at the right time. And that Austin Dillon, he got a fourth place. So once again, you know, whole – you know, they, they, they got their act together just at the right time. And uh, – so good for him. Good run also for, for the three car. Yeah. And really Austin Dillon has been the surprise of the playoffs in a good way so far. So be interesting to see how they take it, but um, good, good run. Great to see that three car running back up front. Yep. Nice time to peak at the right time. And boy, he's getting some major points for that. Well, that, that got him in, uh, um, from the elimination from the next race. So, but uh, yeah, worked out great for him. Yeah. Well then how about we go into Bristol and Bristol is now a cutoff race. Um, Jimmy Johnson and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Make contact Stenhouse 
slams the inside wall. Wasn't happy with Jimmy. Jimmy thought he got into him. There was a lap car right in front of him. That made it tough. And, yeah, Stenhouse, he busted that wall. And, uh, yeah, only 28 laps in, and that was that ended <laughs> that ended his day, literally. So, yeah, too bad for him. Recky, they call him Recky Stenhouse. Hmm. Easy. Yeah, simmer down. <laughs> Chase Elliott goes on and wins stage one. Uh, Martin Truex had an issue in stage two, and his car kind of went straight. Him and Hamlin hit the wall. That hindered them a little bit. They were able to continue. And then Byron goes out after heavy contact with the lap car and someone else. There wasn't a good camera shot of it. They never really showed it. But uh, Byron was definitely hurt. He was leaking. He had, That ended his day and his playoff hopes. He said the car stopped on the racetrack and he had nowhere to go. And he just belted them. And, and yeah, I took the radiator out. And that was the end of his day, which actually ended up costing him uh, – from moving on in the, in the playoffs. So bummer for him. Yeah, he was, he usually doesn't get upset, but uh, in that interview, you could definitely tell that he was uh, irked just a little bit by that one. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I would be too, I'm sure. But uh, you know, that's the good and bad side of racing, right? The unfortunate side and unfortunate, but you know, they have a few races to go out there and still win. That's the, that's the cool thing about the NASCAR playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kyle Busch goes on and wins stage two, and then him and Harvick have an awesome battle for the race. Kevin Harvick ends up winning it, but Kyle was right there. You know, and the lap cars were working on that that whole thing too. You know, there's so many lap cars that are there, and they can't hide. You can't hide at Bristol, and uh, you, you you try to stay out of the way, and and uh, you know you don't like uh, they were with Logano too. And he's just like, I don't want to be a part of this. You know, he was a lap down, and and uh, Kyle wasn't really happy with Joey and said Joey has no friends. <laughs> he don't have no friends, and Joey comes back and says, I'm not making friends on the racetrack. And so there was a little bit of a friction between those two. And, uh, you know, Joey seems to rub rub a few people the wrong way, but, uh, you know, he, he gives it all all the time, too. You know what? I remember a few years ago, I think it was Matt, when Matt Kenseth had his issues with Joey Logano, and they asked Kyle, who was Matt Kenseth's teammate at the time after Joey moved on from Joe Gibbs and ended up at Penske, and they asked him about Joey, and Kyle said, I don't really have a problem with Joey. I think he's a pretty darn good little racer. Boy, have things changed. Well, you know, when it gets, gets aggressive, and I, I'd have to say Joey's one of the most aggressive ones that are out there. And, uh, you know, all you got to do is rub a few guys, uh, <laughs> rub them the wrong way. And uh, they remember that. And, yeah, you'll change your tune on, on somebody after a while. Yeah. And uh, it comes around. You get raced like you want to be raced. And if Joey's going to race that way, well, guess what? It's going to come full circle. Yeah. And, you know, the unfortunate side of racing comes out again, right? Ryan Blaney, Matt Benedetto, Cole Custer, and William Byron all eliminated. I think Blaney is the obvious surprise out of that group. Yeah, he dug a hole from earlier in the in this series as these three races, and he couldn't over overcome that. Neither could Matt DiBenedetto. They uh, they had to win, or otherwise they were out, and and it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, and speaking of Matt DiBenedetto, before we get into Vegas here, there was a statement out there that's saying that Wood Brothers and him have a option to pick up before the end of September, and um, 
I'm assuming no news is bad news and maybe Cindric ends up in that ride, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens, but that could be extremely bad for Matt to Benedetto. Cause where does he land now that silly season has been going on for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure that's on the back of his mind there because yeah, there's some people from uh, Xfinity that's going to move up and that car is probably going to be available. So um, yeah, we'll see where that lands. Silly season will be coming up soon here. Yep. Well, then they go into Las Vegas, the first race of the second round, the round of 12 for the Cup Series playoffs. Denny Hamlin wins stage one. And, you know, Denny Hamlin dive-bombed Kyle and Joey there, and Kyle was surprised, that, and there was no room for error. And Kyle and Joey made contact, and Joey had a pit with a tire rub, and it damaged Kyle a little bit too. They were worried about it. Well, that was a smart move by Joey Logano. It was early in the race, and you can always get your lap back, which he did. You know, you had to suck it up, but that tire was rubbing bad. It's kind of amazing. He even made it back around, but that was the right call. But, uh, yeah, Kyle and uh, and Joey got back into it again, and uh, there was some uh, um, there was some uh, comments that were made about that also. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just can't get away from those guys. <laughs> Yeah, once when you're competitive, sometimes seems like you're when you're always racing, you're racing the same guy all the time. Yeah, yeah, can't get away from him, as I just said. Uh, but Chase Elliott wins stage two. Uh, the caution came out in the middle of green flag pit stops late. That was going to help Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, John Hunter Nemechek, and Matt Kenseth. Um, Nemechek wasn't able to capitalize on that. He, he spun and actually came back onto the track. Jones and Stenhouse made contact to that Kyle Busch barely avoided it you know what that reminded me of Mark that almost looked like eye racing when a guy comes back onto the track that's so easy to do but yeah you usually don't see that with them guys doing that and they come back across and you just kind of hold your breath like oh no and you're just waiting somebody to get t-bone there but uh guys all got around them uh, got rubbed up a little bit but at least they missed him yeah could have been a lot worse yeah, absolutely. Kurt Busch ended up fending off a bunch of drivers on the on the restart and holds on to win in his hometown. What a big win for him. He won it over Matt DiBenedetto. There was a good run for him. Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., and Alex Bowman. He didn't have much success before this win there, Mark, in his hometown. Yeah, Kurt Busch, he's tried how many times to win there. And, uh, wow, is he happy. And, uh you know, all of a sudden he comes back in his hometown and and uh, good for him. Yeah, he gets to move on. Um, one guy I felt bad for was Austin Dillon. Uh, the belts came off and he was running really strong. And that's really going to hurt him here moving on. It was a mechanical issue. Some people were saying that debris came off and took the belts off, but it was actually um, something on the front of the motor that actually malfunctioned and took the belt off. And uh, it's amazing it didn't blow up. You know, once when you take the oil pump and everything off like that, it took them seven laps and they got that belt back on and they were they were rather amazed that they got that car fixed. But uh, it, it messed him up and he finished 32nd. That's going to hurt him moving on. Well, and speaking of Austin Dillon, many people said that this was the biggest race of the round due to it being with Talladega and the Roval. But how about Talladega? Austin Dillon is one of the best plate racers out there. Or I say plate, it's no longer plate. Um, but he could win at Canada and that could be redemption for it. 
Yep, yep. You know, that car is strong and fast. And you're right, you know, with Kurt Busch winning, you just kind of like, well, that takes the pressure off of Talladega. And then they got the road course at Charlotte later. And so that takes the pressure off of him. Um, <laughs> it's going to get real stressful here. And we'll see what happens at the uh, at Talladega this week. And then uh, the picture will be clearer what people will have to do at the roll. Yeah, it's going to get crazy real fast with Talladega and the Roval coming up here. But let's get into the points. Kurt Busch advances, so he is technically your leader right now. Kevin Harvick's at second. Denny Hamlin, third. Brad Kozlowski, fourth. Martin Truex, fifth. Joey Logano, sixth. Chase Elliott, seventh. Alex Bowman, eighth. Sitting outside the picture looking in, if it were to advance as of right now, Kyle Busch is ninth. Clint Boyer, tenth. Eric Almirola, 11th, and Austin Dillon, 12th. You know, Eric Almirola, there's one that you look at just like, man, you know, he was so much stronger as the year went on, and he's been just slowly fading, fading away here. And, and uh, I don't know if he's going to be moving on. Clint Boyer, he's going to have to uh, – he's going to have to really dig in and see what he can do. Hey, he could be good at Talladega too. So there's a lot riding on the race coming up. Alex Bowman, there's another one. So there's going to be a lot of players that are going to run here at Talladega, and we'll see what happens uh, after Sunday. And the days of running in the back until the end of the race to finish are over because you can pick up valuable stage points there at the end of the stages. So you got to run up front all day. Yep, you can't sit back and wait till the end of the race. You have to get up there and you have to perform. So that just makes for better racing. Um, a lot of people didn't like them stage races, but when you really think about it uh, with strategy, um, you know, it's a good thing. It, it makes them want to race and get their points. Well, absolutely. And it makes it fun for the fans too. to, you know, a lot of people would, you know, and I don't like saying this, but take a nap in the middle of the race. Cause what are they racing for? Now there's something valuable in the start in the middle and the end of the race. So uh, I think it's good for the sport. Yeah. There's a lot of times at the restrictor play, you'll see them all, run up against the wall and it's like a freight train, like a 25 car freight train. And they just stay, um, they just stay bumper to bumper because one guy's afraid to, to, to pull out because if somebody doesn't go with them, well then bye-bye, you, you go to the back. But uh, yeah, as it gets closer to the end of the stages, if you get a couple that pair up and then it scrambles it all up and then it becomes really good racing. So yeah, I'm all for it. That's good stuff. Yep. So it's going to be an excited weekend. As we said before, uh, I'm, looking forward to it it's a it's an acquired taste of liking this race and maybe but it's racing nonetheless we we like it it's going to bring a lot of action there um and it's going to be a fun weekend yep yep uh, get your popcorn ready that should be a dandy that should be a good one so uh i guess the weather looks pretty good too i kind of checked it out the other day and it looks pretty good for talladega so we'll have some good racing down awesome well, let's get into some news here, uh, some big items. Auto Club Speedway is going to be reconfigured into a half mile. That was a, that was a surprise. I'm hoping. Now, this is, you know, I'm hoping they make that like Nashville uh, at, the, at the fairgrounds. If they can get the dimensions of Nashville and put it out at that racetrack, I would be very pleased about it. I'm hearing it's going to be shaped something like Bristol, um, uh, with longer straightaways. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be done 
uh, this year yet. I think that after this next race of 2021, then I think they're going to start tearing that track apart, I believe. So the way they described it is, it, is it's going to be like Martinsville, but the corners are going to be banked like Bristol. And, you know, the one thing I thought of is maybe it's going to be similar to almost like a Madison International Speedway here in Wisconsin. Maybe something like that. So I hope they do a good job with that. And, uh, hey, build it where you don't have to put the, the awesome sauce on it, you know, make it a two-groove or two-groove racetrack, and we'll see where it goes. But, um yeah, it's uh, taking away one of them cookie-cutter racetracks, so I'm all for it. And there's a short track there so uh, that people have been screaming for short track racing. So it'll be interesting. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Johnson signs with Ganassi for IndyCar Street and Road Courses. We may have mentioned that already, but I wanted to throw that in there. He was actually there at Indy today watching Scott Dixon and getting to learn a little bit, and he, they talked to him, and he's talking about how um, the clutch is in a different spot and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see him do that next year. It's been a childhood dream that he wants to race that. And uh, we want to race IndyCar. And he says he even got into a Formula One car. And he said, wow. He says he just loved that too. So he's just going out to go have some fun. And it's a childhood dream that he wants to follow. And that's, uh, that's the direction that he's taking. And before anyone asks, they did ask him about running the Indy 500, and he said there would be nothing like it, but he's not sure if he wants to take a risk like that this in this part of his life, at this late in his life, um, which you can certainly understand with a family growing and getting to spend time with family. He said he's going to have to look into the safety of it, but you never know. Uh, sounds like that's probably not going to happen, at least this year, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that with uh, his two little girls and then family like that. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, risk worth the reward, um, especially at his age. So I don't see it. I think he's just going to stay on street courses and, and, and run from there because uh, he'll be able to run everything except three races because Indy, Indy just put out uh, um, they only got three ovals on the schedule next year, and that would be Texas. Uh, gateway at St. Louis and uh, um, and Indianapolis. So those are the three only uh, road course or circular races and everything else is all road course. So IndyCar sure has gotten away from uh, oval racing. And that's why they asked that question is because if he chose to run the ovals, he could run the full season, but uh, sounds like uh, that's probably not going to happen anyway. Uh, Mike Wallace got suspended nope. indefinitely. It was for some kind of social media post, I believe. They didn't really go into a whole lot of details on that. Uh, Chad Canales made his 700th crew chief start at Richmond, so congratulations to Chad. We'll speak about him more in a second. Ross Chastain is going to drive the number 42 for Ganassi in the Cup Series uh, next year. How about that, Mark? Yep, yep, I could see that. Uh, a lot of people were saying, why didn't that happen before? Because he was uh, with Ganassi a little bit there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that should be a, that should be very interesting. Uh, Chastain has uh, performed well enough to get that right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin team up to form a Cup team with Bubba Wallace as the driver with the charter from Jermaine Racing. No number sponsor or manufacturer has been announced yet. I find it hard to believe that it wouldn't be Toyota and twenty three is the number, but you never know. Uh, this has been rumored for quite a while. A lot of people are saying, no, it's not going to happen, but it ends up happening. 
I think the more you think about it, though, Mark, the surprising thing that is happening with it is it's going to happen this year with the last year of it being this chassis. So I'm surprised that they're getting into it this year instead of 2022. But nonetheless, Michael Jordan says he wants to win right away, so they're going to build some good equipment. Yep, he's only in it to win it and uh, and put a lot of money into the effort with that. I um, think that's going to be a satellite team with uh, with Gibbs. Um, I've heard the 23. Yeah, I've heard that, that that's there, and it's probably going to be a Toyota. Um, you know, they're saying that uh, with Wallace, he's going to have the best equipment out there, and we're going to be able to see how he can perform with, uh, with that team. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports was fined for exceeding wind tunnel use. There's a, there's a penalty there. I think they were docked 10 hours, so next year they're going to get 80. This year they had 70, so they'll be at 70 again this year. It sounds like they self-reported it after realizing they went over by seconds or minutes, but unfortunate for that. Brendan Gaughan will make his final start in the Cup Series at Talladega this weekend. That's a guy we've talked about in the past, Mark, just a good guy. Yeah. Last time he was at Talladega, he said over the radio, hey, Mom, I'm okay, as he barrel-rolled in turn three. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about that on NASCAR radio this morning, too, and that's one I'll never forget where it did a kind of a nice, easy roll, he said. <laughs> yeah, hey, Mom, I'm okay. <laughs> so got a little laugh on it. He's a good old boy, too. I, I like uh, Brendan a lot. He's going to be missed. Absolutely. Know? And Kyle Larson is looking to return to NASCAR. This isn't big news, but it's been announced, not announced, but reported before. But now there's some concrete evidence to it. It was starting being reported by some uh, credentialed members. So it sounds like he's going to try to get back in. Not a surprise there. Uh, Chad Knauss and Jeff Andrews will transition into leadership roles at Hendrick. So Chad Knauss will no longer be a crew chief after this year. You know, I want to go back to that uh, Kyle Larson thing. Uh, they found out that Lionel uh, put out some die-cast cars of the 48, and it had Larson's name on it, and they told him to pull that off. So I wonder if they know some information uh, that Larson's going to end up in that 48 car. Uh, as for Chad Knauss, um with him and Jimmy Johnson uh, departing their roles um, – once when it gets time to be into the Hall of Fame, they're both going to be eligible on the same year, and they can both go in the same time at the, into the Hall of Fame. I think that would be really cool. I did not think about that, but that is absolutely true. That would be – you have to do that, right? That would have to be done. That would have to be done, and I and I heard about that and saying, is he eligible? And yesterday said that he would be eligible for that. So them two can get into the Hall of Fame at the same time. That would be – Major coolness right there. Yeah, buddy. and going back to the Lionel Kyle Larson thing, they said that was fake. Um, you never know, I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, Hendrick and Childress are coming together to share R&D on Chevy engines starting in 2021. So they're going to share some R&D stuff on Chevy engines. I think that's going to help all involved, including satellite teams like Ganassi and other teams there. They use a small block engine, and this year the teams had to use a small block engine 13 times, and they moved it up to 16. Mandatory that they have to run a small block engine in their cars. But, uh, yeah, that ought to make the Chevy program uh, get just a little bit more stout. 
um, with that engine package with them two getting together. Yeah, you would think that would help everyone, like I just said. Um, the 2021 rules will be similar to 2020, if not the same. Uh, Kurt Busch could retire after the 2021 season, and Kaz Grella will fill in for Natalie Decker this weekend for Nice Motorsports in the truck. It sounds like 20, 28 uh, um, races, they're not going to have qualifying, or I, what I understand, or practice. There's only eight races that I believe that there's going to be qualifying next year. Um, that's still in the works, but that was thrown out there, and we'll have to see what happens with that uh, for the rules next year. Yeah, not a surprise there. They said that it will probably remain close to the same for that as well. Um You'd like to see maybe some qualifying or some practice a little bit to help out the rookies, but, you know, it's tough. And, you know, it's actually worked out this year. It's been pretty good racing. I tell you what, they could cut down on practice time and save a whole bunch of money that way. And uh, But uh, I'm all for qualifying, you know. But, you know, the teams have to um, make, make uh, adjust this way and that way. It would just be simple say the car's impounded. You qualify it, it's impounded. And there it sits, and you don't you don't get to adjust on it. So that would take that out of the equation, and I'd like to see that. I'd like to see qualifying all the way around. Yeah, that's a good thought. I I agree with you there. And how about this, Mark? The biggest news of them all to drop. It was rumored that it would be dropped in pieces. It comes out as one the 2021 Cup schedule. Yeah, everybody's been waiting on on the new schedule, and it's out, and they uh, they made some major changes there buddy yeah so let's highlight some here so dover and michigan lost one of their races but they still have one on the schedule unfortunately kentucky and chicagoland were removed from the schedule and let's talk about that for a second because chicagoland is one of the biggest markets in the midwest it's the closest nascar track to us other than road america and it's almost hard to believe that NASCAR would get out of that market. It doesn't sound good for the track. I hope that they get back on or something happens where there's a track in that area once again. But unfortunate for those two tracks, it sounds maybe grim. Yeah, it sounds really bad. And they're hoping maybe that they can be added in 2022. And they even took the drag strip away there too. So I wonder if there's there's things going on in, in the city there. And, uh, and what's going on because there was talk about that some warehousing was going to go in there and take some of that land. And there's something really fishy going on with that. What's going on behind the scenes there in Kentucky, they fought for years and years and years to get on the schedule and now they're on and now all of a sudden they're, they're and now they're gone. And uh, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see if uh, Xfinity or the trucks will end up going there. But otherwise, uh, won't know until their schedules come out. But, uh, yeah, Kentucky and Chicago, uh, looks, looks not good for them. Their future looks pretty dim. Well, and, you know, it sounds a little better for Kentucky because they're saying they can host other things like camping weekends and other stuff like that. Maybe you're right. Maybe Xfinity and truck. You never know. Um, but just unfortunate. You know, Kentucky was designed by Daryl Waltrip. It's produced some of the best racing in recent memory. You remember the battle between Kurt and Kyle Busch? So it's been some good racing, but unfortunately the uh, the track 
isn't on the cup schedule. And, you know, the one thing that happened when Kentucky got the first race, you probably remember this, Mark, the traffic problem that they had after that race. Um, that will always be a memory of a lot of people's, unfortunately. Remember the pictures of on the freeway and it was just log jammed and people couldn't get in and couldn't get out of that place. So, but uh, yeah, unbelievable that they got taken out. Uh, we'll see what happens if they, uh, if they get a Xfinity or truck or else if they're going to be back in 2022. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Let's go into the more positive side of things and the more positive changes or, at least the changes that remain on the schedule in some cases. So the first major change is that the spring Bristol race is going to be a dirt race. Now I'm all for trying stuff, different, different stuff, but I, this seems like a pretty big gimmick to me. And on the other side of it, you're taking away a short track race, which we don't have a lot of and need more of currently and making it the dirt race. So I don't feel great about it, but maybe it'll work. Yeah. Dirt's for potatoes there, buddy. We're farming and of all places, Bristol, you know, and, and uh, that's one of the most popular tracks and to make it dirt. Uh, quite surprising. I heard rumors of it and it was um, selfishly. I was hoping that wouldn't happen. Um, but it did, and it's on the schedule. Um, boy, some of these guys, these dirt ringers like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell, um, that's going to be right in their wheelhouse. Um, I expect a lot of cautions. Uh, we'll see how long that race is going to be. Uh, <laughs> Bristol, of all places. Um, boy, you know, it would be nice if they could move dirt to uh, the following year say, hey, well, why don't we go move dirt to uh, Martinsville or Richmond or – or maybe New Hampshire or something like that, and and make a, a dirt trick out of it. But apparently, the, they didn't want to work with Tony Stewart at Eldora. You figure if, if Cup was going to go go somewhere, they would go there. But uh, they snubbed uh, Tony Stewart out uh, at Eldora. So uh, we'll see. I guess you got to keep an open mind. Hey, maybe it'll work. And if it doesn't, well, they're uh, they're not tied into it, and they can change it for the following year. So we'll see. Yeah, and you know Austin Dillon is another name I would throw in there. He won the one of the truck races at Eldora there early on, and I I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. Obviously, I'll watch. You know, and in the industry, it sounds like a lot of people are very skeptical, like we are. But they also said that they would watch and go to it, which probably holds true for us too. So we'll have to see. I just don't know if I like to take away one of the best short tracks you have for a dirt race, but maybe it'll work, like we both said, and. You know, it's going to be the first cup race on dirt since 1970 at Raleigh, a race that was won by Richard Petty. So hasn't hasn't been done in, uh, it'll be 51 years, but we'll try it next year. Well, no doubt. We will be watching. Everybody <laughs> will watch that. And uh, I guess we'll stay optimistic on it. We'll see what happens. But uh, quite interesting. Uh, we're going back to the dirt. And speaking of New Hampshire is one of the tracks that you mentioned, there was a driver that mentioned that New Hampshire would probably be the best track to try dirt at. Um, yeah, I guess, um, you know, the people complain up there that it's too hot for their July race up there. 
they should just be thankful that they didn't lose their date. I thought New Hampshire or Sonoma was pretty much on a chopping block also, but they survived this year. Um, hopefully uh, crowds will support that uh, venue and keep it on the schedule because uh, if the fans go away, the, their track is going to go away. That's kind of the way it's looking right now. Yeah, we hope not. We want to keep a lot of tracks alive and go to a lot of different ones, right? So we'll see what happens. Hopefully that does not happen. Uh, Darlington, they get a second race back. Remember back in the day they had a spring race and then the Labor Day race. That's going to happen again. It's going to be run on Mother's Day. Uh, if you remember correctly, the race between Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven that was the closest in racing at the time and NASCAR Cup Series racing at the time was the spring race there. So that's provided some good racing. And it really did when we had came back from COVID as well. So I think that played a big factor in it. But it's uh, strange that they're racing on Mother's Day. They've never, ever raced on Easter or Mother's Day. And it's funny, that ain't a Saturday night race. I'm surprised to see it. It's on Sunday and it's on Mother's Day. So, hey, there's a present for all you moms out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, for that, I guess. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> um, how about this one? Coda, the Circuit of the Americas down in Austin, Texas. They've hosted Formula One and IndyCar, among other series. They make it onto the Cup Series, so there's another road course added. Now i got to buy that one for iRacing and give it a shot. Um, I guess I really haven't seen too many races there. Um, I'll be paying attention to it now. Um, May 23rd in the middle of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot down there, and, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. A new new racetrack, uh, more or less a street course, ain't that right? No, it's not a street course. It's an actual road course. Uh, Formula, I've watched the Formula One races down there and also the IndyCar. There are some tight turns, so it's going to be interesting to see how the heavier cars deal with that. But uh, I'm all for trying something new, so I guess that's all right. Yeah, well, now we got six road courses on, on the schedule now, so – um, people want road courses. Well, they got their wish. Yeah, it'll be interesting with that too, because you and I have talked about it before. And my stance on it is you don't want to flood it with too much because they did that with the mile and a half back in the day. And look at them now, they're all going under or they're changing them. Um, so you got to be careful with it. So we'll see how many road courses will work next year. Yeah, I guess yeah. Open for major change in 2022 as well so we'll have to see everything play out here yeah we'll have to watch that one down there too so we'll have our eyes on that one we'll see how that one works out uh june 13th the all-star race moves to texas motor speedway again not i don't know how i feel about this again the all-star race in recent years hasn't been all that spectacular i thought bristol would put on a good show it was okay Sprint just isn't long enough for a track like that. Um, Texas, going back to a mile and a half like it was at Charlotte for many years. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I thought the Circuit of America, they were going to try to schedule that, that they would kind of be together so they can hang in Texas. But uh, here they race out there at the Circuit of America in Austin, and then they go to Charlotte, and then they go way out to Sonoma, and then back to Texas for the All-Star Race. 
just like, man, they're all over the country. You think that they would kind of pack the schedule to make it easier for travel, but uh, wow, from one coast to another there in three weeks, it's, uh, and then end up back in Texas. So crazy, but uh, I'm all for Texas all-star race. I'll give that a shot. Um, pretty interesting place. Um, no points. Let's see what they can do there. That'd be an interesting uh, all-star race. Uh, yeah, I'm for that. And then June 20th, Nashville Super Speedway makes its debut on the Cup Series schedule. That'll be interesting. I'll be tuning into that pretty closely. I wish it was the fairgrounds, buddy. So much I wanted to have the fairgrounds, but that's a concrete racetrack. Uh, I remember back in the day when Xfinity was running there and everything, and um, I'll stay optimistic about it, but it's uh, – um, probably not one of my favorite tracks, but all concrete. It's going to be like Dover. Hopefully it takes rubber. Um, if those end up being crap shows, that's going to actually take away from going to the fairgrounds where that's where I'd like to see them run. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that same way that they want to go to the fairgrounds, but NASCAR wanted to get into the Nashville market where they have the awards ceremonies happening now. So this was one quick way to do it. You know, there's probably some yeah. updates that needs to happen at the fairgrounds before making that happen, if it ever will. Yeah, yeah they, they, they do a lot of soccer stuff that they want to build at the fairgrounds, and there really ain't enough room for both of them. And I think the, the, the city down there wants to kind of have soccer, and they're kind of weeding out the racetrack. And so there's a lot of politics going on with the fairgrounds down there. Yeah, yeah, that's been – well-known for a while now. How about this one, Mark? We're excited for this one. July 4th, Road America, the Cup Series, uh, goes there on July 4th weekend. What a show that's going to be. I'm super excited. Man, everybody in the whole Midwest is going to be there. There's going to be over 100,000 people. You, you know, we were there last uh, this last summer, and we got to go wherever we wanted to. We could check it out. I think that one there – once when you land in that place, wherever you are, that's where you're going to be stuck right there. Cause it's going to, I think it's going to be tough to get around that place. Uh, Cause that place is going to be swamped. Uh, that's going to be the hottest ticket in the Midwest, but uh, yeah. Hey, cup racing in Wisconsin. Ooh, that's good stuff. Well, and you got to think too, we just mentioned going out of the Chicago market. A lot of people from Illinois still crave that cup racing, even though it's different at road America than it is Chicagoland, obviously with road America being a road course, but a lot of people are going to want to see that talent and maybe that's going to draw a little bit more than it already does. You know, it used to be, we had to travel around Lake Michigan to go to, you know, to go to Michigan. Now all the people in Michigan are going to have to come around and drive and come over on this side of the lake. But yeah, you're going to get all the Illinois down there and uh, people from Minnesota and all of Wisconsin, that place is going to be packed. Um, hopefully COVID is over with so they can pack the place, but uh, good for Road America. I understand the Xfinity Series is going to be there also the day before, so it could be all weekend. Uh, take your camper, make a weekend out of it. Fourth of July also on top of it, buddy, you know, for America. That's uh, that's all right. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. I'm all for that. Like I said, I, you can probably tell my excitement in my voice. I'm super pumped for that. Uh, so then July 11th, Atlanta's second race. They get a second race this year. Um, August 15th, the Brickyard 400 is going to be run on the Indianapolis road course instead of the traditional oval. 
they'll still kiss the bricks there. <laughs> you know, it's still going to be a big deal. And I thought the Xfinity Series did a super job of racing there. Um, I'm for that. I'm actually uh, happy about that. Uh, um, you know, maybe they should run them on over at IRP on Saturday night. That would <laughs> that would make an awesome weekend in Indy if they would go over to IRP. Yeah, a lot of people have said that over the years, you and I being two of them. It'll be interesting to see what the cup cars do on the road course. It was kind of cool to see the Xfinity, and they did a heck of a job there. I don't know exactly how I feel about it. I'm excited to see the cup cars there, but there's something about going around that oval that is just special, even though it doesn't always produce the best racing, especially for the stock cars. But there's something special about that, so it's kind of being taken away. I think it'll still be special to win in Indianapolis, but that's one I'm I'm not sure how I feel about yet. Yeah, yeah, that's another one we're just gonna have to like. Okay, let's see where that let's see where that goes. So, but I I enjoyed the racing there last year on the road course, and so I think the Cup guys will uh, put on a good show there. They'll kiss the bricks there. It's still a big deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you win there, it's just like winning at the Daytona Road Course this year. It's still Daytona. It's still Indianapolis. It'll be a big deal, no doubt about it. Um, So then the other tweaks are uh, Miami Homestead Raceway um, moves to the second race of the season behind the Daytona 500. Auto Club is the following week, so that moves up a week earlier. April 10th, Martinsville will have the night race. Um, They're taking two weeks off in the middle of the season, July 25th and August 1st weekends because of the Olympics. So they're taking a break from that. And, of course, you got to think about it. NBC hosts the Olympics on TV. So that's probably a big reason why. Well, that gives, that gives all the teams a nice break. They've always wanted a couple of weeks off in the summer. That's why they do the, the doubleheader at Pocono uh, at the last weekend in June. So they're running on Saturday, Sunday. So that kind of opens up a couple of weeks. So the teams get a, get a break and have a, have a little summer fun family time. So um, that, that's the whole idea behind that. Uh, moving that homestead to the second week there, they, it's just like they figure a lot of people are on vacation to go down to Daytona, you know, in the middle of the winter. And, hey, you could stay in Florida and just go down to Homestead the next week, and uh, you could go do some cup racing down there. Um, I'm a great idea there. You know, if people are already down on Florida and on vacation, why not stay down there and hit Homestead while you're down there too? And you know what? We were supposed to be going next year. I think now that may be on the docket now for us when we go down there in a few years again, when we reschedule this trip, that could be it. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we could be only spending three weeks down there if we did that because we would do, obviously, speed weeks, which is going to be condensed, but you have the other things going down there, New Smyrna and all that. Then you have speed weeks at Daytona, the 500 weekend, and then you have Miami the following weekend. Man, that would be a heck of a trip. Yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be an awesome vacation. You'd always remember. So, um, other things on the schedule I see is um, Atlanta on July 11th in on a Sunday. 
Uh, I don't understand why Atlanta don't have they, – they have lights there, and I don't understand why they don't use them and why that couldn't be a night race. Like, who wants to sit in Atlanta when it's 95 degrees out and you can't breathe and it's hot? Um, I, didn't, I don't understand why Atlanta's running on a Sunday. Hopefully that's a night race, but otherwise people ain't going to – you know, Atlanta, they don't really uh, support that racetrack. That's why they lost their race uh, years ago. And uh, you got some news about Atlanta, about the configuration that you told me about before there, buddy. Yeah, so I don't want to spread rumors, but there's been some renderings uh, come out because they want a casino outside of the track, which is going to have to go through city approval and all that stuff. I would be surprised if that would get turned down. But in the rendering, the track next to the casino looks like similar to the old layout it's an oval without the trioval so they're talking about how in order for this to have a second race that they would have to do some reprofiling they're talking about and the reconfiguration because they're going to have to repave it regardless they're that's going to happen that's part of it the reprofiling is part of it so it almost seems like it could go back to the traditional oval type in these renderings now whether those renderings are true or not, I'm not sure exactly yet, but there are they are out there, and it is interesting that that would be the picture of them if it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, but uh, hey, I missed it when they, when they tore up old Atlanta. That was one of my favorites of all time, and then they, they turned it into a cookie-cutter Charlotte, uh, Texas look-alike. And just like bummer, I, I, if they bring that back, the old, uh, the old configuration, I'm all for that. Bring that on. I, uh, I miss Atlanta ever since they, they changed it back in 97. So my earliest memories of Atlanta are Dale Earnhardt versus Bobby Labonte in 2000, which was super close. And then the next year, the third race passed away. Kevin Harvick with that same team wins barely over Jeff Gordon. So those are always ingrained in my mind of Atlanta being good racing. I don't, you know, and Carl, Carl Edwards and Johnson, they did the same thing the following year, you know? So um, yeah, there's been some good racing there, but I think it'd be a lot better if they put, brought it back to the old configuration. I miss the old racetrack. So what was that racetrack like? Because obviously I don't have a whole lot of memory of it. Was it like, uh, Homestead, Miami? Was it more like in between that and Auto Club? What, how would you describe that track? I would say it would be like Homestead. A nice sweeping corner. Um, high speed. Um, yeah, that was a high speed. Homestead would be a very good way to pretty much describe that racetrack. So, top Groove would be the primary way of getting all that, or is it kind of like progressive banking where you could run both and carry a bunch of speed because Homestead, you kind of have to use that top groove to really in, and it kind of, you can kind of be kind of slower there, especially later in the run. Um, Atlanta was so abrasive that I don't think back in the day, they never really ran up in the, in the top groove. They pretty much stayed down on the low to mid groove. But, uh, yeah, an abrasive racetrack, uh, pit strategy was always uh, was key there. Um, high speed, wow. I mean, they really 
really flew around there faster than what they're they're doing uh, these days down there. So um, interesting, but I'd, I like to see them use their lights. They've had lights ever since for the longest time, and then they always have day races there. I don't understand that. Yeah, and when you said 95, who wants to be at a track at 95? My wife and I have done that down in St. Louis. I can tell you it's somewhat miserable. <laughs> I mean, it's like sitting at a Packer game below zero. People are just, just can't take it. I was at Talladega when it was 92 degrees out and halfway through the race. Also, you look around like, wow, everybody left because they just couldn't sit out there. And that was one of the races that finally decided that they moved Talladega off of a July race and smart move because it's, it gets hot down there that time of year. So I saw that, that was a head scratcher on me to see uh, Atlanta uh, <laughs> in July on a Sunday. Um, so hopefully that's a night race or later in the day. Cause otherwise people ain't going to go to that. Well, and let's talk about the reprofiling for a second. So maybe, they're just going to try it for this this year before they do the reprofiling, and then it becomes a night race on the new configuration is a big thing. Hey, we're racing at night for the first time with a new configuration. Maybe that's what happens. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, but uh, yeah, go go from uh, you know from uh, March twenty first to, to July July eleventh. That don't give much time to. Uh, to do a construction job like that probably be a lot easier to do it after July. They'd have all winter to work on it down there. So we'll see, but uh, people wanted that race back on the schedule again. Um, they're going back to old school and get Southern racing back and Atlanta got the race back again. I'm surprised. I didn't think Atlanta was going to get another race, but they got it. Yeah. So I was thinking what happened after this July race, but then the following July race would be the night race. And that would pull the crowd for the following year to that second one. But um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, September 5th through November 7th will be the cup playoffs. The same 10 tracks as 2020 here. The only difference is Texas and Ken Kansas will flip flop weekends in the round of eight. Yep, the, the championship round stays the same because they really haven't gone through the whole championship season this year. So they're going to see how it works this year, go through the schedule, and that could actually be um, changed around the following year. And they were talking about that on NASCAR Channel 90 about the playoffs uh, for 2022. Yeah, and it's it's been documented by leadership in NASCAR that they are not afraid to take another big swing at this the following year in 2022. So be on the lookout of what happens this next year to see how it may shape the 2022 schedule. There could be a lot of changes there as well. You know, and our, and our good friend out there in Iowa is, is sitting there and, and uh, find out that IndyCar ain't going back there. And I'm just so disappointed for the Iowa fans. And, you know, Gateway was talked about. And they were thinking about running a race there at Gateway in St. Louis, and uh, they uh, they fell off the schedule. Um, boy, you know, I hope that uh, Xfinity and and trucks uh, uh, make it back out to those racetracks. Uh, they were strategic about their scheduling and work with IndyCar on certain weekends, you know, to double up this way and that way. They could uh, make it make it decent. So. I'm probably more interested in the Xfinity and, and truck schedule to see how it enhances the cup schedule. 
So we'll see how this works out when them schedules come out. Yeah, I would agree. Now that this is announced, it'll be interesting to see what those two schedule looks like because fans have been clamoring for change with those and going to more short tracks and different race tracks than the Cup Series go to. So uh, maybe that happens next year as well. You know, let them let them series spread out, and instead of shadowing the Cup schedule. And let them go other places and and work hand in hand with other series to try to make a go of it, you know. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, I'm interested in seeing when them schedules come out, and then I'll give you a better better reply on what I think about these these schedules. Coming <laughs> yeah, we'll wait to see what that looks like. So let's recap the schedule here. Mm-hmm. Let's go through the whole schedule. So it's going to start Tuesday, February 9th with the with the run of the Daytona road course then 11th will be the duels Sunday February 14th is the 500 the following week February 21st is Homestead Miami February 28th Auto Club Sunday March 7th Las Vegas March 14th Phoenix March 21st Atlanta March 28th Bristol Dirt Race April 10th Martinsville April 18th Richmond April 25th Talladega May 2nd, Kansas. May 9th, Darlington. May 16th, Dover. May 23rd, Coda. May 30th, Charlotte. June 6th, Sonoma. June 13th, the All-Star Race in Texas. The following week, June 20th, Nashville Super Speedway. Then the Pocono Doubleheader on June 26th and June 27th. Road America, July 4th. Atlanta's second race is July 11th. Then July 18th is New Hampshire. August 8th, Watkins Glen, August 15th, Indianapolis Road Course, August 22nd, Michigan, August 28th, Daytona. That will be the cutoff before the playoffs. Then the playoffs begin with Darlington on September 5th. September 11th is Richmond. September 18th, Bristol. September 26th, Las Vegas. October 3rd is Talladega. The Charlotte Roval is October 10th. Texas, October 17th. October 24th will be Kansas. October 31st, Martinsville. And the championship race will be at Phoenix on November 7th. You know, Daytona as the cutoff race before the playoffs. What a place to put that. (laughs) That's interesting right in itself, too. So let's talk about one more thing with the schedule because you noticed, you mentioned Daytona is the last cutoff. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a great idea. I would leave that right where it is. Now, I think that they should move Talladega back to a cutoff race. I know the drivers didn't like it. It's a lot of pressure, but... I think that would be interesting to do as well. Yeah, no, that's that's a possibility. Yeah, a lot of them don't like that Talladega race as a as a playoff race, but uh, well, who cares what the drivers want, right? It's going to make it challenging, and uh, you know, just like this Sunday, what's going to happen? <laughs> you're going to see a major major racing and uh, hard racing going on to, to to make it and move on. Oh yeah, and there was a fan a serious channel 90 for NASCAR. And he said, well, I just don't know how I feel about someone not doing well the whole year and then winning at Daytona to end it, to get into the playoffs. And my response to that would be, what's the difference if it's the cutoff or it's in the middle of the season. If someone isn't doing well and wins at Daytona, they're in. That's just the way it is. It doesn't matter where it lies. 
Well, there's uh, I heard complaints about the dirt race in Bristol, the same thing, where you have uh, um, a dirt specialist that uh, can come into Bristol and win, and that gives them the right to move on. And then there was some questions about that also. Yeah, so overall, major changes. We'll see how it works. It'll be exciting. I'm looking for things that I'm not necessarily too keen on. I'll be paying attention to. You know, NASCAR fans wanted some big change, and you got it coming in 2021. Well, I've been screaming for seven years for a new schedule. And so, hey, and something else that uh, came out this week, uh, Slinger Super Speedway announced that the Slinger Nationals is on July 6th. And that's two days after Road America on July 4th. So they run Road America on Sunday, and then Tuesday is the Nationals. And so, hey, you just might have some drivers hanging around and maybe go run the, uh, run the Slinger Nationals. I think that might just be something to keep an eye on also. Absolutely. And when I saw a couple of people notice the July 4th Road America, they were saying, hey, how about we run Slinger July 6th? And I thought that is absolutely 100% brilliant. That needs to be done because you're going to have them either there as fans to go up to watch or possibly run the race. So, again, something that I'm really looking forward to that transition from Road America to Slinger next year. Yeah, could you imagine all the fans will be at Road America and once when it's done, they go, well, by the way, hey, we could just go down to Slinger and we can go watch the Nationals. I mean, what a treat that is. So um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that too. So yeah, I saw Slinger announce that and they don't announce that usually much later in the year and they put that out there already. So make your vacation plans. Um, going to be a super week of racing down there around the 4th of July, man. No doubt about it. We'll be looking forward to it. Well, Mark, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for catching up on the last few weeks here. We hope to do one in the next week or two again to recap. Uh, appreciate you doing this always. Some good thoughts there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, you can follow us at double LL Sports Network, spaces in between the double L and the sports on Facebook, no spaces on Twitter. Please look for our content coming out there. Mark, great discussion there. Thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep, good stuff, man. Good talking to you. So uh, local racing still going on. I'm going to go hit the Golden Sands for the harvest tomorrow. And then the following week is the big weekend out of lacrosse for the Oktoberfest out there. And we'll see what goes on out there. That's always a highlight of the of the year so we're going to hit that up and do some more local racing so still supporting that stuff that's around here and uh and then uh definitely going to have a front row seat watching talladega this weekend i'm so pumped for that i'm just like a kid at christmas time so yeah man thanks it's uh sure fun talking about racing with you man yeah thank you and you're right there's some great local short track racing going on rockford with the national short track racing championships plover tonight and tomorrow um Oktoberfest the biggest one of them all for us here in Wisconsin or one of the biggest I should say that's coming up here next Sunday I'll be there with you it's a whole week weekend worth of great stuff starting Thursday out there I'm only going to make it Sunday so we'll see you out there for that we are going to do a podcast for that one so watch out for that and then you got some other stuff happening before the snowball derby we got the season flying by here yeah we still got uh 
the Halloween on October 24th at the Dells. And I'm sure there's going to be a packed house there. And then that'll end up to wrapping up the racing around here. And then, yeah, the Snowball Derby sure would like to go down there. Hope everything's good with the hurricane I went through there. Hope they got the town back together and everything's going. Everything's good down there. So, so I've been dinged. <laughs> Somebody talk, wants to talk racing with me, so I'll have to go and uh, check that out. Yep, buddy. the Halloween so, in the Dells. That's be that'll be another one that we do a podcast for. So watch out for that. Again, thank you everyone. We love doing this, so we appreciate the support. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. See ya.